Hey, welcome back to Bankrupt Overland. It's your host, LJ. We got the regular crew back on the Tuesday night sessions. What's up? Hey, guys. What's up? So we got Steven and Jeff back here. Uh, we're going to talk about some recovery tonight. Uh, recovery is is kind of a it's kind of a hot topic. It seems like everybody always seems to be pretty pretty dead set on how they do recovery, what kind of tools they have, from mm-hmm. you know chains to soft shackles. Chains. <laughs> 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 uh, I I have been out uh, not within the last two years with someone who carries a chain as their primary source of uh, of recovery gear. Oof. Oh my god! I bet um, they put it on their hitch ball too. Like an idiot. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the hitch ball is fine. Depends on how hard you're going. <laughs> Don't snatch said. it with the hitch ball. How about that? <laughs> um, we're going to talk about different types of recovery gear. Uh, kind of hit into that. Uh, we'll talk about recovery techniques. And then if we still have some time, we'll talk about spotting techniques and, and kind of how we can help uh, each other get through obstacles. Um, so who wants to kick off talking about, uh, the different types of recovery gear? Oof, I'm no professional. I mean, <laughs> geez. Um, I can kind of tell you what I have in my, my kit and like go from there. Yeah. Let's do that. So I have two soft shackles. I have a dynamic, it's called a dynamic rope, right? See, I don't know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Is that I have the a rope snatch. that like stretches? It's a stretchy rope. It's a kinetic yeah, so it's rope. Yeah. Kinetics. There we go. Kinetic. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a kinetic rope that stretches. I have two soft shackles. Maybe you should have picked someone else to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just an average dude. Okay. So yeah, I have that. This kinetic is an average rope. podcast for the average dude. So you're, you're right yeah, on. You're, you're right like on, on target. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah, the, the kinetic rope, two soft shackles. I do have a hard shackle, mm-hmm. and then I have a tree saver. So that's that's pretty much it for my actual like I guess you would call like ropes and like um, ropes kit, and then I do carry um, some Max Tracks or I guess they're uh, the ARB Tread Pros for mm. muddy conditions. So I have a pair of the Tread Pros, and then I also have one of the uh, cheap um, cheap knockoff kits that was like a Amazon special, hundred dollar special that I have as an extra if I'm going to be somewhere in the sand or mud that I bring. So I have four of them. It's like X-Bowl um, or something like that? Is that what they are? Yeah, they're just the just cheap ones. I've, I've hmm. gotten stuck on purpose and used them to just try them out, and they sure. worked fine. I mean, I don't think they'll last as long as, you know, the the you know the Max Tracks or the um, the ARB Tread Pros or yeah. um, Action Tracks or any of those mm-hmm. brands, but... Basically, it's better than putting your floor mat underneath your uh, tires, yeah. <laughs> like we used to do back in high school. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of that's my kit, pretty much. Um, what do you carry, Stephen? So I I tend to do I've, I've kind of tailored my kit to more solo stuff. I think that's kind of a first place to start. Whether you're going to be, you got to figure out if you're going to be mainly solo or if you're going to be mainly riding with a group right because that that should dictate what you bring because not everybody needs you know six um metal shackles like that that's just kind of redundant at that point (laughs) you know so i've definitely tailored my my kit to be if i get stuck and i'm by myself what can i do to recover myself so 
I have the 12,000 pound synthetic winch on the, the bumper. I have um, four, four soft shackles. I typically carry two metal shackles. And then I have two recovery rings. Uh, so, Oh, nice. Yeah, and then I also have a kinetic rope, a tree saver. Um, I have a static tow rope. Um, and then How long just, is the tow rope that you have? Uh, so I actually have two. I have one that's uh, 30 feet, and then the other one is shorter. Right, so oh, if nice. I need to tow someone out, uh, I, and I don't need thirty feet, it just depends on what I'm. I typically don't bring the thirty feet one or the thirty foot one, um, because actually I was towing trees with it, and it's a little damaged. So that's kind of like worst case scenario. I'd pull that thing out. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, the the core. Oh, and I do have a kinetic uh, recovery. Um, I have a kinetic recovery rope, and then a um, hitch um, block shackle thing um you have just, you have front straps don't you too yeah yeah don't so you have i have a front toe point yeah so I, I actually got the um iron man gosh i don't know what they're i think it's like eighteen thousand pounds per um per point frame mounted uh, recovery points right so on the land cruisers at least my year and i, I think maybe on the earlier ones you had the tie down points which you don't typically want to use as kind of thinner metal but on the front factory Land Cruisers, they do have a tow hook, um, or I guess it's mm-hmm. called a recovery hook. Yeah. So maybe you, I think you have it, LJ. Had it. And that, that's, that's, oh, had it. <laughs> that's right. Cause you have the sleeve bumper. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you can recover from that. Um, but I, if you're in like a really sticky situation, it's nice to have two because then you can use a, a, a bridle, basically put, put a, a, a rope between the two and then you disperse the load between, you know, the two f- points on the frame. So, um, yeah, my kit. And then I just recently acquired the, um, KC action, action tracks. Um, I've never had traction boards before. Um, but I figured I got them on like a killer deal. So I was like, I might as well just pick them up. Um, but like I said, mine is my, my kit is more tailored towards solo stuff. So, um, I've done everything that I can to, uh, if it's just me and my wife and we're out in the woods and I get stuck in some mud, I should have all my gear to, to recover myself. And if not, then I can default to the Garmin inReach. <laughs> I'll, shoot L- <laughs> I'll shoot LJ a text and be like, hey, buddy, can you get me out? <laughs> Does that count for the recovery gear? I don't know. I, I mean, so. I guess it's not... Recovery it's not, situation? Yeah, I guess it's more of a recovery you know, scenario, <laughs> if anything. Um, but that's just kind of my kit. It's definitely it's it's a lot right and i don't bring everything all the time um i tailor it to what i'm going to be doing like for a big trip out west i'm probably going to be bringing everything because lj is not going to drive out to you know you or lj aren't going to drive out to um new mexico or, or arizona <laughs> i mean it'd be, a, it'd be a pretty good excuse to the oh, wife sure. oh um, yeah i got a buddy that needs my help <laughs> he's all the way in utah oh dang i guess i gotta bring the trailer no <laughs> Um, that, so that, that's my kit. It's definitely extensive, but um, I think it's well worth it. Now, my question is, how much of that gear have you actually used? Zero. Zero. I'm not even... Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. I take that back. I have used some of the gear, but not for recovery situations, right? So I've used it a little bit around the farm, uh, the winch, the, the toe straps when we were building a bridge, things like that. But gotcha. I've never... 
really gotten stuck. And so from that perspective, it looks kind of ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, it does. I mean, facts, that's what it, I mean, it does because I've never gotten in this situation, but I'm planning to, you know, I don't plan to get into a situation. But um, it's one of those things that's kind of like a first aid kit, right? Like you spend a couple yeah. hundred dollars on a first aid kit. You don't really want to use it. Like right. you don't really, you, you want to just, you want it to expire and not use it, you know, kind of like, <laughs> unless it's like band-aids and whatnot. So, sure. Sure. I mean, I think it's, I think you, if you have it and you're prepared and ready to go, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and then the other part is like knowing how to use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, piece. you know, watching YouTube videos on, and learning all these things and, and processes and how to how to pull correctly and how to angle your vehicle if you're, you know, you can't pull the line on your winch, you yeah. know, in the right angle and stuff. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is just knowing how to use it. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, there's, there's a safety factor there, right? I mean, if you don't know how to use it, you could do some serious harm. I mean, we were joking mm-hmm. earlier about the the chain, but we've all seen the video where a guy was snatching, I think an FJ uh, from a, a steep muddy hill with a chain and the, that ball oh, snaps yeah. and it, I mean it went right through the window oh my killed, god yeah it killed it yeah. so like you got to be super careful when you're dealing with recovery and unless if the unless if the vehicle is being swallowed by the ocean or something take your time I mean mm-hmm. there's no point of rushing if there's no immediate danger yeah you know so it's already a stressful situation you don't need to add 10,000 pounds of, of force on the line and do something stupid. No, I totally agree. Out of, out of my gear, I've, I've used probably the most I've used is the, uh, the snatch strap, mm-hmm. um, the kinetic strap. I used that during the red clay rally, I mm-hmm. think two or three times. Um, I used it when we did the Kentucky adventure trail to uh, snatch out um, our buddy's FJ in the river. Like, and the one thing I, after watching like the, was it the four wheel drive action or do they have a new name now? Is it still four wheel drive action? Or is it the 24 seven four wheel drive guys? Or is that a different channel? Shano and those guys. Yeah, I think it's 24 seven yeah. four wheel drive or something. Um, those guys like watching those guys, like they'll, they'll pull a line in a snatch strap for like, if they don't make it like the first or second mm-hmm. time, they'll just pull it because they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And the mentality of like, you know, heavy right foot and just plow through it and, you know, just motor through it and get through it is like, it's fun. But like, if you're going for a weekend and this is, you know, Friday night and you're getting to camp and you're, <laughs> you know, bouncing off the rev limiter, spinning tires, sliding around, you know, you want to have fun for the rest of the weekend. So I think, you know, just sacking up and just going, okay, swallow your ego and say, I'm just going to use the tether strap. Like, mm-hmm. I think I'm a big component of that. Like, I haven't gotten stuck to where I needed it besides like one time. But if I'm stuck in a sticky situation, I'm going to say, yeah, pull me out. Like help me out. So you can use the um, ultimate adventure kind of rule. It's like you get like three attempts. And if you don't get it in three attempts, you got to pull a line. Uh, No. Yeah. That's a really good rule because it saves your vehicle too, because you know, Mm -hmm. like um, at least you and me, Steven, we have independent suspension. And so, if you just keep on hammering down, you're going to end up blowing a CV. You could do some major damage. You could get off camber and end up flipping your vehicle. If you're on a hill, there's a lot of things that can go wrong if, uh, yeah. if you don't do it that way. Um, so I, I carry uh, kind of the same, same similar things. I've got a, I don't have any soft shackles. Uh, I've got actual D rings 
Um, got probably three or four of those. Um, I've got the 12,000 pound uh, worn winch on the front with a steel cable nice. because mm-hmm. I didn't change it out. Uh, I got made fun of a lot yeah. on the last trip because <laughs> the guys were pulling line for me and they were like, I charge extra for steel cable. <laughs> I was like, it came on the winch. There's no reason yeah. to change it right now. Um, yeah. So got the steel cable, uh, big old hook and, and big old fairly and stuff like that on the front. Um, mm-hmm. and then you got the sleeve bumper on the front, which has the, uh, the has recovery rings that you would put a D ring on. Um, mm-hmm. and then the four by four laps bumper on the rear, uh, has the same that you would put a D ring on. So if nice. I would normally put a D ring on each corner nice. before I go out and that way mm-hmm. I have, you know, always have a D ring on the front or back to hook into if I need to. Um, and then inside the vehicle, we have the D rings. I have a snatch block. I have a tree saver. And I have, uh, I think two ropes and they're, they're relatively, I think they're 20, 20 foot ropes. They're not really long, but mm-hmm. they're enough to where, you know, if I need to get in front of a mud hole to pull a Jeep out, I can, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but not, you know, nothing major. Um, and normally whenever sure. I, whenever I go on a trip, I, I actually take all that recovery gear out of the recovery drawer and I just throw it mm-hmm. right behind the driver's seat. And that way it's easily yeah. accessible. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, I go ahead and hook the D rings up. I go ahead and put the wireless winch controller on the winch. Uh, cause with that sleeve bumper, you have to actually relocate, um, the controller for the winch. So it doesn't sit on top mm-hmm. of the winch. I had to wire it mm-hmm. in underneath the hood and it kind of sits right behind the air box. And so I'll just yeah. walk over there and I plug in the wireless receiver connect the wireless remote and then I can run the winch from inside the vehicle without having to be out of it, which is pretty sweet. Uh, makes nice for whenever you actually do get stuck and you might not want to jump out of the vehicle because you might oh, be yeah, in a hairy situation. Sure. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Mine's the same way. I had to relocate the, the worn controller and it's right by the windshield cowl, mm-hmm. you know, all the way by the hood. So I have to pop the hood just to use my winch. Same. So if I'm in a sticky situation, you know, I have to, I have to, there's a little bit of time involved to do it. So, mm-hmm. Um, I was going to wire a in-cab switch. I just never got around to it. And um, I, I think I might just buy one of the little wireless little things that you just plug into it. And then it converts it to the to the wireless. Yeah. So you don't have to get out. Yeah, know, they're a little expensive. Size. But I feel like it's worth it uh, whenever you get in those situations to have just... Because otherwise, like I'd have to have my hood open with with a cord coming out while i'm trying to to manage you know a yeah. recovery situation which isn't ever fun right you want to actually have the full vision as much vision as you can at least exactly um, yeah yeah and then to answer your second question um i have i think i've used everything in the actual recovery nice. kit in one way cool. or another um i haven't used the snatch block in an actual vehicle recovery but i have used i had a at uh one of our at our rental property we had a, a tree that had snapped like halfway up and was leaning over on my neighbor's house and our tenants unfortunately called me and told me about it. So then I had to take action or I would be liable. (laughs) 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 So I went over the next day and was like, well, how am I going to get this huge limb down? You know, Mm -hmm. that's a, if I was to pay someone to do it, it would have been probably well over a thousand dollars. It was a pretty big limb, but I had a lot of room in the back. So I was like, I got really creative and and actually pulled the Land Cruiser in the back as far as I could to the back fence, I couldn't get it in the backyard. 
And then uh, I basically, it, it wasn't, probably wasn't the safest thing in the world, but I kind of hooked a few different things together, had the snatch block run from another tree. So that way I had a good clean angle to pull it in the open mm-hmm. area and actually like nice. use the winch to pull the limb away from the neighbor's house. And the limb ended up dropping in the backyard clear of any clear of anything and everything um so that was the only time i've used a snatch block but i end up having to use like my rope my tree saver uh the snatch yeah. block the winch uh and a couple different d-rings to get it all done right um and then this last trip to uh down to chattanooga we did uh i got actually got the the land cruiser stuck for the first time and i had to actually use the, nice. the winch to pull it out and it was on an uphill grade too so i was like we're going to find out if this 12,000 pound winch has what it takes to pull this big old pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pull <laughs> this it, big pig. Yeah. It did. It did. It, it just, you know, once we, you know, I, I had good spotters that kind of made sure I had my wheels in the right places. And I just, whenever I hit the button, a little bit of gas kept it about 12,000 RPM and it pulled it or at 1200 RPM. 12,000. Uh, like, Jesus. That's 12, not a little bit of RPM. gas. <laughs> God damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just it, it tugged it right on up. I was I was super impressed and super proud of it um, to do it. But I haven't I haven't used it a ton. I've used the tree savers and, and ropes a lot and for mm-hmm. other people's recoveries because a lot of people seem to not have tree savers for some reason. And so yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, <laughs> oh didn't... no, why don't you use this this rope I have? The tree saver. It's you know, have you heard of these? They're like twenty bucks. You should probably get one. <laughs> oh, let's wrap the going. cable around it. Like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. We so, never, I never pulled mine out when I was in California. We didn't have any trees to hook it to. Yeah, it's <laughs> just so called weird. a, it's no. just called a rope. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a tree saver in California. Did you, did you carry around one of those like uh, anchors, the land anchors, sand, or anything? The sand. No, no. I always, I never did. Um, I had the the traction boards, and that was like my saving mm-hmm. grace. And a funny story with the traction boards is like, the only time I really needed them, I didn't have them. So oh. <laughs> I drove, I drove out to the Overland Expo West in 20, shoot, was that 2018? A while ago. And I filled up my whole cruiser. I'm like, I'm not going to need the, the traction boards. Like I just like <laughs> trying to keep the minimum amount of room. So I had like my, my bike in the back and all this crap. And on the way home, we went off road in like Red Rock and all these cool areas and did some fun trails. And then on the way back, I'm making good time. I'm like, I'm going to pull over and just pull over in the middle of nowhere and just make like a sandwich and just have a beer and just <laughs> chill. So I, 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 pull, I get off the main road, the main freeway. It's kind of out by like Glamis and the sand dunes out there. And I pull off the road and I, I'm like, Oh, these are some cool trails. So I start ripping around a little bit. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Cause I didn't do a ton of off-roading yeah. out there. And I'm like, this is a perfect spot to have lunch. And I'm like, <laughs> There's just like, it's just open desert, just completely open desert. And I see this little teeny hill. I mean, if it was five feet tall, like that would be big. And it was just a slow slope, like a slant up on this like hill, like a pimple in the, in the ground almost. So I'm like, I'm going to pull up there and then I can sit on the tailgate and have like a little bit of a view. I'm in four wheel drive in my hundred series. I'm fully aired up at the mud tires. And all of a sudden I start... (laughs) getting the shakes and the wheels start just burying and i'm like oh my god so i immediately let off the gas put it in four low and i just hammered it i mean <laughs> it just just sunk completely down and i mean i'm i'm five miles from like the road like yeah, and there's yeah. literally no one out there like there's <laughs> it's just in the middle of the desert 
So I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I bring those freaking traction boards? God <laughs> damn it. And so I get out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what I can do. I was fully aired up. So I went around, aired down all the tires. And I'm like, that should be enough. Hit the gas. Cause I was like, kind of like ready to go. I was kind of sat there and I'm like, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, I was buried. So I had to dig it out. I had a shovel with me luckily. So <laughs> dug out all four tires. I aired down to like 15 PSI, 12 PSI. Wow. Pulled out. And then I drove the two miles back to the five miles back to the road. And I was like, God damn it. Now I got to air up again. <laughs> so if I would have had the traction boards, I literally would have just pushed them underneath the front tires. Mm-hmm. And that would have been enough to get me going. Cause I just needed a little bit of momentum I was in four high when I got stuck, so just I didn't have the torque. Yeah, and it would have got me though. So, oh man, only time I needed them didn't have them. Wow. Yeah, I, I tried to actually. Me personally, uh, I'm in it more for the camping side of things. So, if I see an obstacle, I'm you know that I think I can't tackle, and I know your philosophy on this, uh, Jeff. Um, if I'm solo, I'm probably not going to tackle it. You know. Um, there are points where I'm like, okay, let me, let me see what I can do. See kind of the limitations, but there's just so much risk when you're, when you're, uh, doing solo stuff. Um, so I don't know, kind of moving on from that. I think it's, it's so important to, to understand a, the type of recovery gear you have, but also b how to use it. Right. Uh, for example, those, those traction boards would have been perfect. Uh, you know, in your little, as you said, the pimple in the desert, <laughs> um, you know, so, but also there's, there's things, say if you have a winch and, you know, in the desert, you can't just hook up to a tree. So you have the sand anchors, but there's also another piece of gear from, um, dead man off-road that where it's yeah. basically like a giant canvas that you bury in the ground and then that you can use that or bury in the, in the sand, or you could put it around rocks or whatever, and you can use that. As yeah, a, those are cool. Yeah, and what, what I love about those is that it's not a giant hunking piece of metal, right? Like the sand anchors. Yep. Um, I've seen guys where they'll bury a tire, say if they're beach camping or whatever, they'll try to bury a tire and winch off of that. But this dead man off-road, I don't I guess, I don't know what the, the actual name of it is, but it's like it's, a giant. It's, it's called the, I think it's called the dead man. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I think I think it is. Yeah. I know so, they're they know that they have a carrying bag that's called the body bag. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what you stick on the outside of your car. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just knowing what situation you're in and, and what recovery gear you do have um with you is is so important, right? I mean, we just briefly mentioned, you know, the uh, yeah. um the uh, tree savers. A lot of people don't know what those are. So um, you know, you just basically wrap it around the tree instead of your cable and it literally saves the tree, right? You're not cutting into the bark, cutting into the, yeah. the main trunk of the tree. Um, but then also how do you, how do you rig up a, a double line pole? You know, you, if you're going to buy this gear, I think it's so important to, to understand how to use it. Um, because it can, it could save your life, save someone else's life. Um, and, and it's like I mentioned earlier, it's, it, recovery can get dangerous very dangerous actually there's a reason why there's a whole um there's a whole market of off-road recovery uh specifically businesses that focus in that i think it's like a youtube channel called like matt's recovery um 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, 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 their classes entire, and yeah, everything just yeah. showing you how to recover properly. And there's so much that there's so many things that you can do. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I mean, do it wrong. yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of why for me personally, I've, I've gotten, um, a lot of my, the reason why I've gotten my gear is, is safety reasons. Right. So I run a factor 55 flat link, uh, for my winch. I run synthetic cable, um, just to minimize as much potential um, danger that I can, right? Like I like the idea of a closed um, winching system. And that's what the Factor 55 supplies. Now you don't need to spend the the high dollar for Factor 55. I think Smittybilt has something very similar uh, to that. So yeah, but the the key takeaway here is is definitely if you're going to recover, know how to recover and recover safely. Um, go get stuck. I think that's one of the things is like, go get stuck and yeah. try it with friends. Like I, for a while when I first got my wench, yeah, I, I've watched a million videos. I never had one personally. I, mm-hmm. I've been everywhere, but never had my own wench. So I went to, um, Joshua tree and I was out there with my sister and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get stuck and try and see mm-hmm. what it does. So like, I ended up getting stuck like on this sand hill. I could have backed down, but I wanted to pull myself up pretending like I couldn't go backwards. Sure. And, um, hooked it up to her car and I was like, you know, I was teaching her when I, when, when we're doing it, I was like, Hey, you know, if you're, if you're hooking a winch to your vehicle, you have to make sure that you put your vehicle in neutral and you keep your foot on the brake. You don't want to have, you don't want to have your car in in park, Mm -hmm. um, or drive in case you're like sliding backwards and you could, I mean, you can kill your engine if you're sure. if you're in drive and you go reverse, you, your engine will stall itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, you know, that, there's those things that you have to learn. Make sure you have the vehicle that you're hooking to or whatever you're hooking to set up right, and then, um, you know, know the limits. Like, let the wench do the work. Don't sit there and spin your tires and dig yourself deeper. Mm-hmm. Pull the wench. You can hear it. You know, you can you can feel it moving and give a little bit of gas. Like LJ was saying, hold it at like 1200 RPMs. Just keep your tires spinning just a little bit. Not 12,000. And then (laughs) (laughs) 12,000. And just see what the vehicle does. Like just understand what, what it's doing and and how it's working and stuff. That's so that's a big thing is go get stuck on purpose. Like, yeah. And just see what you need to do. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent point. So there's um, purpose. You can just like, (laughs) You could just go find like a, like I live on a hill and, and you could just hook your stuff up to that and, and try it out. Right. Just something to, yeah. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. to, to, to give it a, you know, to try it, right. To get comfortable with it, know how, what it feels like to hook the things in, know what it feels like to loosen up your D ring. Cause some of those D rings get tight and you might not even realize you might need a wrench to actually get that D ring. Yeah. Really <laughs> you get like, stuck. You, know, you can't even open it. Yeah. There's a couple of times where Been... I'm like taking the D ring over and I'm like, dang it. And I got to go like get a wrench out to get it loose. Cause it's just been, it's gotten stuck in there. The paint's gotten warm and you know, it's something like that, or it might've got a little rusted in there, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, yep. uh, you know, just getting out in the backyard and, and hooking it up to something and, and trying it out is, is important because if you don't know how it works and you haven't messed with it before and you get on the trail and, and you get into a bad situation, like you said, Jeff, and you don't know what you're doing, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself or someone else. Yeah. And making sure that everything's wound properly and used. Like if you think about it, like most people don't use their winches. They put them on and they probably don't use them. It's, you know, a good amount of people. Mm -hmm. So it's good to run it every once in a while. It's good to spool the line all the way out and 
properly, you know, spooled in because if you do a couple pulls and, and then you pull the line out and you're, you have a lot of slack on there and it's starting to get tight, the, the rope can actually get wedged into itself and it can cause mm-hmm. damage to the rope. So making sure it's properly wound after you've winched, mm-hmm. um, when you get home and also soaking the line and cleaning it out. I obviously I should be doing that. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so I need to, um, yeah. cause I've been through a lot of mud and dirt. So that, you know, isn't good for the line probably. So taking it out, soaking it in a bucket, letting it dry out and mm-hmm. making sure it's not moldy and, you know, just so the, I, you the know, maintenance. I think that there's an important thing to mention there is because is, you run synthetic, right? Uh, yeah, I okay. have a synthetic. So the reason why you want to wash it out, especially if you've been in sandy or muddy areas, is because uh, the sand and mud is abrasive, right? And, and yeah. the Dyneema rope will, over time, especially if you start doing a lot of pulls, well, we'll start cutting through that rope. And then before you know it, when you're nearly, you know, upside down on a hill, you try to pull, well, that, you know, that rope snaps. It's not the best place to <laughs> yeah, figure out, oh, I should have, I should have uh, taken this, you know, a bucket to this and rinsed it all out. Now, steel, that, that's a little bit different, right, LJ? You, you have a little bit less maintenance. Um, yeah. Because like with Dyneema rope, even like it's UV sensitive. Uh, there may, ha- they may have some new kind of ropes that, that aren't susceptible to UV rays, but really the only thing that can go wrong with, with your cable is rust or mm-hmm. broken strands. Right. So, you because know, there's all sorts you can, yeah, you can look yeah. at it and know if you're, if you're good or not, but it is, it is good to, you know, like when we got, we got done with that recovery over, over new years, when I got home, mm-hmm. I, I un- unwound it just to where it was and, sprayed it down because it had gotten in some mud and we had pulled it back in and you know it wasn't much but just got the hose out there sure wash it down just so it was good and then and then yeah pulled it pulled it back in neatly because i am a little ocd so i don't like my my cable yeah. looking all all catty <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> well also you're pre-tensioning that that line right mm-hmm. so you're 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 stretching it out to get a really tight wrap and then it's good for the next time you need to pull it um i think a lot of people just will just slap a winch on their the front of their bumper and think yep okay i'm good but th- there's actually a little bit of maintenance a little bit of uh, maintenance you need to try to do to um take care of that you know before you use it yep yep yeah that, that's a good point a lot of people don't don't know that probably is that you do need to especially synthetic lines need to be pre-tensioned um and and they'll kind of yep. they'll, they'll look flat but that's what you want right you need that you want that good tight connection or else you're going to have when you do a pull if it's not pre-tensioned you're going to actually end up pulling your line in between the line that's already on the the spool yep and and then you're going to cause a kink and you're not going to be able to get it past that and you're you're going to have to cut your line almost to get it out because you're, you're going to, you're not going to be able to do it because it's going to tighten up and you're not even at the recovery yet you're just trying to you're, you're just trying to get the rope out yeah yeah and you're stuck yeah. Um, so you definitely want to do that. Um, I think, uh, our buddy John that comes on here when he got his winch on, he actually came over here because like I was saying, I have a big tree in my front yard and I live on a hill. And so you could actually like, I was like, Oh, you just got to hook your winch up and then put it neutral and just use your winch to pull the, your vehicle up the hill. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect yep. tensioner for that. And he, yep. he just drove over here and I think within 10 minutes we had it tensioned and <laughs> he was in and out and ready to go. But it's, it's yeah. just, a, it's really, cause you're on a road too. So it's really safe. You're not, you know, off camber. It's just, you're able to do it. But yeah, that's, that's a good point. I didn't even think about putting that on our notes and in the conversation about pre-tensioning those lines. That's, that's huge. Yeah. 
I mean, and there's all sorts of tips and tricks you can uh, you pick up over the years. I haven't specifically recovered my vehicle, um, but I've learned from people, right? For example, if you're running uh, the the cleavage shackle, the D rings, uh, what I like to do is I will put a zip tie from the pin hole. So that in in the pin there's a hole uh, at the very end of it. Run a zip tie through that hole through the shackle uh, after I get it all set. And what that does is if you're on washboard roads, the pin won't bounce out and then, then you lose your, your shackle. Uh, yeah. Right. So just things like that, that, that'll, um, you know, you, you learn over the years of watching other people and, and seeing where they've messed up. Um, and then, you know, just, I don't know, I guess just making, making that, um, a priority, um, to learn what you, you know, what you're, you need to do. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing I think it was kind of on the next topic you're talking about, like LJ is like, you know, spotting and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like whenever you're doing like wench gear and stuff, like you always, I always try to designate one person, like a single person yeah. to like look at and listen to, because when you're in a situation like that, people, someone's saying go more, pull less, stop, go. And you're like, who the hell am I supposed to be listening to right now? <laughs> and, you know, like getting into that subject of like spotting and stuff, it's like you, you designate one person that you trust and that you know knows what's going to happen when you're pulling a vehicle or, or driving over an obstacle and you, you just listen to that one person. And everybody else can just yell if there's something bad happening. You know, they can look out and watch the rope, watch your tires, making sure nothing's lifting off the ground and just say, you know, if there's something bad happening, yell stop. Otherwise, you know, just I'm focused on this one person. One thing I like when when you're doing when you're spotting is this is kind of difficult. And if you have any right hand drive vehicles, but use driver and passenger as your designation of left or right, uh, because if you're staring at the vehicle, you could get confused mm. on on left what your left or your right or the driver's right or the driver's yeah. left. And so if you use the term, you know, if you all, if you have all left-hand driven vehicles, it's really easy to go, hey, a little bit driver, a little bit passenger. So when you're in the vehicle, you don't have any questions of, am I going their left or their right? That's a good rule of thumb when spotting to to help clear up and and keep things good. Now, we were talking about the, the Red Clay Rally last night. Uh, and, and you had there were there were a handful of, of right hand drive uh, eighty series that were out there, and so yeah, there was. Know, they were. I remember uh, when Jake was spotting at that kind of gatekeeper obstacle. He was like, he started yelling, "Driver, passengers!" Like, "Oh no, you're on the wrong side of the car." <laughs> uh, the guy was used to it by obviously having a, a U, driving that in the U.S. for a long time. So Jake mm-hmm. just kept kept it going, but. Uh, it was a point where it was like, oh, wait a minute. Like he's, he's not in the right side of the vehicle. How do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong driver. Oh man. I think that's actually a, a really good point to bring up is that if you have a, a designated spotter, that, that person should be responsible for shutting everybody up. Right. Especially if it's in like a high stress situation, you mm-hmm. don't need it. Like what Jeff was saying, you don't need people yelling, you know, you know, driver you know passenger right left you know go stop you need one person to be that yeah, jake voice. was doing a great job of that at the rally man yeah. he was he was the voice of all the recoveries for our vehicles and for other people and he was i mean 
no one, everyone was just like, just like, look at me, look at me, driver, driver, go higher, <laughs> higher, farther, come on, let's go, bump it. Yeah, he, he, give it the beans, helps, like all the. It also helps that he was the loudest person that was around. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, a the good spotter. Person, yeah, if you get the loudest person, also be your spotter. Then you've got you've <laughs> It's a, a winning combination. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. I think uh, a really good spotter has a lot of experience wheeling. You know, it takes, you, you can't just pull someone out of the Starbucks parking lot, you know, and expect them to be a good spotter. I think, especially. They can pretend. With, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can pretend. And then you, <laughs> next thing you know, you're upside down in your Tacoma. But, um, you know, <laughs> it takes a, it takes a, a, someone that's wheeled, like, been off road driving, like, legitimate four by four driving. Uh, and, and just that they're, time and time in the driver's seat to know how a vehicle is going to fall into a rut or if it's going to slide off a rock and you know for the spotter to be able to see that um i think that that's a key component of a good spotter yeah there's so many factors that are involved in that you know like what wheels are spinning if your wheel that spinning's on a on a little bit of an incline is the back of your vehicle going to slide around Mm -hmm. like there's so many different you know factors that go into it and you know you're you're telling you're basically the person in the car is like almost like blindfolded, right? I think they have these at a couple of the overland like events mm-hmm. where they have like blind drivers, and the passenger really? is the co-driver, like the spotter yeah, for the whole those. thing. Oh, that's wild! And they just they tell you like, okay, go faster, go slower, and it's like it's like one of those like marriage test things, like <laughs> you know where it's like oh, so. you're just gonna. Um, so yeah, you know, understanding you're you're driving blind, you're just sitting there and. And the one thing that when you're in the driver's seat and someone's telling you like, turn left and you turn left and they say, okay, keep coming, keep coming. Your natural instinct is to straighten the wheel Mm -hmm. because you've done that forever. And it's, you listen to them and you have to, you have to have a communication with them and turn the wheel. Okay. Straighten it out. Turn left, turn right, turn driver, you know, come forward. And you have to explain that and listen to exactly what they're saying and that's one of the main things that I know I do it. Like if someone's like, all right, keep coming. I'll, I'll straighten the wheel out. Cause the vehicle is trying to straighten the wheel out. That's, that's how it's designed. And mm-hmm. if you're hitting a rock and you're trying to put a wheel up, it's going to be forcing you and you need to hold that wheel exactly where that spotter told you to put it. Yeah. And that many times the driver is blind, right? Like I've seen tons of videos of what's that place in Moab or something. It's like hell's gate or hell's revenge where they're climbing up a crevice and, all they see is blue sky, right? And maybe <laughs> yeah. like the fingertips of their spotters, you know? <laughs> so it's it's key to to trust that spotter um, and, and know that that's what he or she is doing. Yeah, there's a there's an air of confidence that, that a spotter has to have. And to echo what y'all were saying, it comes from being in those situations a lot, right? And and understanding, knowing vehicles, being around off-road, off-road scene and, and trails a lot. And we were, we were talking about, you know, a loud person is good. And, and it, it kind of popped in my head of a, the, the contrast of that as I was watching the Expedition Overland videos whenever uh, Kurt from Cruiser Outfitters joined that crew and went with them. That I think they were, might have been in South America and they had a situation where one of their vehicles was about to go off his bridge. And, and I thought oh, it yeah, was, that long bridge. Yeah, I thought it was amazing at how calm he was. And almost yeah. how quiet, like he was, it was like he was in the same conversation as he would be in the passenger seat of the car, but he had, you know, a, a vehicle about to go into a raging river off a log bridge. It's like, okay, calm down. 
you're going to do this. And like, he just was so calm. And I think that confidence and calmness went to the driver of the vehicle to where they were confident and calm. They were going to be able to get out of it because you do have to have a, you know, you want to have a calmness whenever you are in those situations as a driver. Um, because if you, if you do make the wrong move or, or, you know, gas it too much, right? Yeah, that's when you get into a really bad situation. And so mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to think like, you know, to see how great of a, of a spotter Jake was with his style. And I think there's also a, another contrast of that style, right? Of the calm, collected, confident. But I think confidence is, is, is the center of both of those yeah. styles, right? Okay. Is a confidence of it that they've been there, they've done it, and, and they know the best route. Hmm. Yeah, it's... um. It's interesting you bring that up because you're you're right. You you don't want to be panicking someone, right? It's mm-hmm. already weird. It, it's super weird the feeling of being off road, right? I mean, here in the here in the states, we we start driving when we're fifteen, sixteen years old, um, you know. So, but it's all on flat ground, you know. When you start taking a, a vehicle and into some off camber situations, it's weird. Like it's 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 unnatural. It doesn't feel good. So having that that cool, calm, collected spotter to hunt, kind of you know, so you're cool, calm, and collected mm-hmm. to get through the obstacle. That's a fantastic point. Yeah, it, it, especially if it's your first time in, right? I remember the mm. first time, um, the first time I got the Jeep stuck. It was it was actually I had the front axle diff. It was stuck on a log, and mm. I couldn't move anywhere. And I'd actually moved so much that my back my back right wheel was on a on a kind of a downhill going into a ravine and so mm. i probably had like maybe three foot before i would have gone off and, and been off of off of the trail and so yeah. it was wet and wow. and i was incredibly nervous because i'm in an open dip <laughs> jeep scrambler that sure doesn't have any a track doesn't have any mm-hmm. it's literally just you got skinny pedal and you got brake and yeah. the brakes aren't that great anyways <laughs> so, uh, you know and i had never really been in that situation before um yeah. and uh, you know, the, it was, it was a very, um, very anxious time, right? If, if I'd have had mm-hmm. my heart rate monitor on, I'd, I'd probably would have been well, <laughs> well above 70, 80% threshold sure. <laughs> of heart rate at the time. Um, <laughs> because I had also, it was, it was in the rally. And so I had, you know, 10 oh, vehicles behind us mm-hmm. that were mad because they couldn't mm-hmm. get past it because this <laughs> old ass Jeep is stuck on this tree that everybody else to win over because <laughs> I was, I was new to it, but that, that's what mm-hmm. you get. Right. And, and so I, I go back to that moment and I try to remember in other situations when I get in, it's like, you gotta be calm. You know, you mm-hmm. gotta look at the approach situation and how you drive is going to be how you get out of this. Um, but yeah, that, that, that calmness coming from your spotter really helps. Cause that was a very high stress situation. We ended up having to like cut the tree up to get it out of the way. Oh man! Uh, wow. Luckily, uh, Lila had her chainsaw and we, we cut the tree up on both sides and then, um, hooked a strap to it and pulled the tree out from under the Jeep basically is, is, mm. is how we ended up getting out of it. But it was, uh, it was a mess, but I remember like you're so talking about. So that's another saying, recovery piece of gear is a chainsaw. Yes. Especially here. In that's the, more relevant here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had my chainsaw when we went uh, we went out on New Year's Eve, and we ended up using it. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we had to we had to get out of some of, some, of an area, and the only way out was to trim some trees on the sides <laughs> to get to get through because we had some those big old trucks, and it was a, lot, a lot of side by sides have been out there, and so the area we were in <clears throat> hadn't had a big vehicle come through mm-hmm. for a little while. And so, yeah, we had to actually end up having to use a chainsaw or we'd have had some, you know, I got scratches on my Land Cruiser, but, you know, I don't like to have it all dented up and, and, you know, big 
rips down the side <laughs> of it. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, 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 I still take it to the drop-off line at school. You know, I don't want it to look like I don't completely take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> when I take my kids to school and mine, people look at me. It's like it's like it's like all SUVs, like Toyota and Honda, like SUVs, and it's like I roll up and people like I'm going slow in the parking lot. But people are like grabbing their kids' hands, like pulling them out of the way, like I'm gonna run over them. Like, dude, this thing is just a mall crawler. What are you talking about? It's just a Lexus. <laughs> it's a Lexus. Like, oh, yeah. It's funny. I come back from it being all muddy, and people just look at me and they're like, either like this guy's weird, or this guy's really poor and he has this old, beat up, gray, barely painted car, <laughs> making moonshine yeah, get- out there and. Uh- the mountains of Chattanooga. You get, you get two looks. You get the the look like you're talking about, and then you get the dad in the minivan. It's like, damn, I messed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those, oh, I think I ones. get more people like commenting on my car than I would if I had a brand new like Ford Raptor or something. Yeah, like, of course. I'll be like stopping. I was like, man, I love your eighty, and I'm like, nice, man, like. I don't know. It's unique. I mean, anyone can go out and buy a Raptor, but it, it, it takes a uh, it takes a special person to keep something like that alive, right? So always, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's like it's like when I go out in the Scrambler. Every time I go out in the Scrambler, someone always says something about it because it's it's such a rare vehicle you don't see out anymore. But if I had mm-hmm. a Gladiator, it would be just like any other Gladiator in this area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoy the the hobby of keeping up these older vehicles and keeping them moving. And then when you find those enthusiasts, like you're talking about, Jeff, it, it really, it really makes you feel good for doing that work on late on a Saturday night, right? To keep it running. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I've got a question for, uh, for Jeff. And since you're almost, I would say almost done with your, with your trailer, are you going to oh, tailor? Man, not yet. <laughs> I don't know. On your Instagram stories, it seems like it's, so. <laughs> I wish it was almost done. Oh my God. Are you going to tailor your, any sort of recovery gear towards that? Like, and I guess... I don't necessarily know what you would do to like recover a trailer, but I imagine, and maybe that that trailer you're building isn't necessarily built for, you know, the, the trails you would need to recover it on. But I imagine having a trailer would kind of complicate a recovery, right? So have you kind of thought through that yet, or? I mean, I haven't at all. Um, <laughs> I think if I pulled, if I tried to pull my vehicle out with a trailer, I know like the turtleback trailers and like the, you know, the actual off-road trailers that are made Mm -hmm. out of like, that are made out of like two by two, like almost like the hitch receiver steel, like legit stuff. I know that they put like recovery points on those so you can pull back. Sure. But I think if you hooked a rope to this thing and ripped it, I think you'd see like a matchbox of splinters and stuff go flying. So I, I don't see myself being in a position where I'd need to, you know, recover the trailer. But if I did, I could just pull myself forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so light that like, you know, if you were with two people, you could probably like kind of pick it up and bounce it over (laughs) something. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I haven't thought of anything yet. Off road or are you just kind of taking it to general campsites type stuff? I mean, yeah, I think the most I'll be taking it off road is like, how um, John brings his trailer to like Franklin State Forest, like that kind of stuff. Like I have no problem taking it down that. Um, I definitely want to use it a couple times before I just go and thrash the thing because <laughs> I've put like probably 300 hours into that thing already. Oof. And if I whack it on a tree or something, you know, I'll probably be pretty pissed. So 
it might be a pavement princess for a little while and um eventually you know turn into something bigger but yeah um it is made to where i can just basically pull it out of the frame and buy another trailer later on um so it's it's something that it can just it can basically go on any trailer so if i find a nicer trailer someday you know i can just slide it in there if i want to build it more of an Mm -hmm. off-road trailer but um i did find some cool it has 12 inch rims on it Mm -hmm. and the tires are about 20 inches (laughs) they're brand new baby i looked them up and the guy got them from tractor supply so freshies from tractor supply um (laughs) but i did find some 12 inch rims or sorry 12 inch tires Mm -hmm. that are about 27 inch like knobbies and they make them for like the side by sides (laughs) that are like that are like dot legal yeah so i'm trying to see i think the rims are four four and a half inch wide Mm -hmm. um so i'm trying to see if i can mount those on there but that'd be sweet to have some 27s just compared to 20 just imagine the looks that you're going to get in the drop-off line on a friday afternoon when you pick up your kids in that trailer knobby (laughs) knobby trailer tires (laughs) they're going to grab my kid and say don't let him get in that car with that trailer (laughs) don't let him in that thing we uh there was one day uh i think it was it was last year uh i was it was in october when me and wyatt went to lbl for the weekend and i uh, i picked him up from school early mm-hmm. and i had like the i had the kayak on top of the truck and it was all loaded out ready to go and i think it was like one o'clock i picked him up like a minute after he had a full day <laughs> of school <laughs> nice. and uh the 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 pe teacher uh he's commented on my winch once or twice before he definitely has noticed the vehicle and and he was mm-hmm. like uh, he was like where are y'all going oh man that's awesome like, he was all about it he was like you're picking up already going there heck yeah dude that's cool that's <laughs> like, awesome i was i was a little nervous like oh man i hope they don't like get upset that i'm pulling them out of school early but then you know the pe teacher was like high five on the way out like have fun nice <laughs> that would be like the best feeling as a kid like picking up your kid you know at school like with like dirt bikes in the back or like ready to go camping like oh, yeah. all their friends are like looking out the window like where are you going? And it's like, I'm going to a doctor's appointment. Wink, wink. <laughs> Your dad's outside with like all the quads and the trailer and stuff. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so, hey, we're, we're getting in. Any, uh, any other final comments on recovery? Uh, we've covered it quite a bit in this hour. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've said it multiple times. Just if you're going to buy recovery gear, know how to use it and how to use it safely. Um, there's no, there's no point in me repeating it myself, but I think that is so important because people can get seriously hurt. And then if you're in the back country, you can't just drive to hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a serious effort to get people up and out of there. Um, that would be my only point is just be safe with it. Yeah. right around the same thing. Um, know the limits of your vehicle. Like know know what it's capable of know like what kind of angle of a hill you can go up before you need it so like you don't have to push your vehicle to the limit where you're like oh crap now i need to use my recovery gear like you know going into it your tires are starting to spin hey let's back off otherwise i'm gonna have to get the winch out and get the max tracks out and get my tree saver and my zippity do and my factor 55 and all the cool stuff (laughs) to get yourself out so 
yeah, know the limits of your vehicle, go out when you're with your friends and just learn how it works, you know, all the different <clears throat> conditions, you know, yeah. see what it does. If you drive through a rut, like I know when I was at Franklin state forest with you guys. And I think John, a couple weekends ago, I was like, it was really muddy and slippery. And I was driving through like the ruts, like all crazy. And they're like, Oh, you're doing all the fun lines. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out like what, what my vehicle's yeah. limits are. Like most of it wasn't very crazy. It was kind of flat and, you know, I just want to see what it does. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if a muddy slope, just try and go up it really, really slow and then see what it does. You know, I saw a, uh, recently I saw a video from, oh gosh, Andrew St. Pierre. Uh, and he said, don't use your lockers, I think is what the title oh, was. Oh yeah, I yeah, watched that. Was, I was, that was, was a good headline. Yeah. And, he, and his point was, you know, it's, it's super easy to just, especially if you have the lockers, right? It's super easy to just mash front and rear lockers and just climb up basically anything but his whole point was learn the capabilities of your vehicle because if you learn the capabilities of your vehicle you become a better driver by becoming mm-hmm. a better driver you're a safer driver so um i think that's something i thought that was just an incredible point because yeah i mean it's especially like with jeep rubicons they come with front and rear lockers um a sway bar disconnect and they're all buttons that you can push and basically makes you unstoppable you know, but the the skill, the skill that you need to develop is is learned and taught in those awkward situations where you almost get yourself stuck, but then you get yourself out just through yeah basic you know through the the, the vehicle's own power. Yeah, there's a is you're talking about Franklin State Forest, Jeff. I have a a, a pretty good story about that. So Frank, if people who are listening don't know, Franklin State Forest is a is a general. Um, forest land uh down by chattanooga tennessee and most of the trails are all power line trails and so they're very wide very open you don't have to worry about trees and things like that but however they are very steep hills up and down and some of them are off camber and so it it gives you a and, and as jeff was saying there's multiple lines so you can go a really easy line or you could go and slide into a very rutted out line if you wanted to test it out so you could really test your vehicle test your driving skills and and maybe if you've been driving for a little bit now and you want to go to get a little more challenging you can take the harder lines and kind of really figure out what you want to do but we had been out there multiple times and um you get really comfortable driving you know up steep hills off camber when you're out there because that's pretty much what you're doing the whole time and so we were out on new year's and there was a there was a trail that was it was very there were a couple vehicles that had some real trouble getting up it um Mm -hmm. and i was like trying i was like looking i was like why are they having so much trouble because to me i saw franklin state forest like I saw it was one of the exact same trails where it was uphill to the left yeah. and it was cambered in to the left too. So you kind of felt like you could easily slide <laughs> down in. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I was like, Oh no, I've done this before. And like there were the two vehicles in front of me were having issues. They finally got up. I think one of the eighties was triple lock had to like do all of his lockers to be able to get out where in the angle he was in. Cause he kind of went up and stopped and then tried to reposition. Mm-hmm. And when he stopped, he lost all his momentum and wasn't able to kind of get going back in the right way. And oh, man. I was just like, nah, I'm good. And I just kept that momentum and, yep. and just went right and went right up and it was no issue. And then everybody else followed my line behind me and had no issues either. And he was like, how'd you get up so easy? And I was like, man, I just like, I just kept momentum and just didn't stop. And it was easy to go once you had that momentum. And I told him, I said, you need to go to Franklin state forest and drive around for a day on the power line trails. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll understand what you did wrong there. And then you'll have that experience where this won't bother you ever again. But that's, that's a good point. If you find good trails around your house that are, you know, maybe you've been out there before, but they're really good practice. Like, get out there and take a Saturday. Go drive around yeah. and 
sharpen your skills, right? Um, so that way when you are out in a situation where you don't know where you're at, you can kind of go, oh, wait a minute, this looks familiar. I've done this before. And <laughs> Yeah, go out in the rain, go out and dry, go out in rain, you know, go go up something, go down something, you know, learn how to just maneuver the same trail. You can go up the same, you know, road four times, four ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can go up it backwards. Drive up it backwards. <laughs> See what it does. I've seen you pull up a vehicle backwards on a trail. <laughs> the guy that blew his diff. Right or CV, is that CV yeah, axles? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you pulled them up there. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, hey, look what I can do! <laughs> look what I can do! <laughs> look at my thirty-year-old car. Oh man! <laughs> well, hey guys, this was fun tonight. Uh, educational. Uh, this was a, this is close as close to a tech talk, but I don't know if we can quite call it a tech talk. Um, we didn't mention no, Mega Pascals. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do have a tech talk coming up here in a couple of weeks, though. We'll be talking about a track. I'm sure John has his notes ready and and he's already digging into it. If he's not, you need to get on it, John. I'm sure he's going to listen to this in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so excited to get that going again. We had a lot of good feedback on the tech talk, so I think that's something we'll keep mm-hmm. on doing. Um, a lot of good feedback from a lot of people on that. So you'll, we'll definitely have a, a, at a minimum a monthly tech talk where. We invite John back in, and, and he gets into some deep engineering mega pascals, and, and I'll, I'll probably call him out and say he made a word up again and look stupid because yeah. it's a real word. <laughs> um, but hey, y'all have a good week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Thank you.